Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello everyone and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Um, no, I'm not Ronnie Whelan. I was just saying to Paddy there before we came on. I don't know why I get very I get massive Ronnie Whelan vibes whenever I wear this shirt. Well, actually, sorry, not whenever I wear this shirt because this is my first time wearing it. But um, because this is something that I bought during lock or during my isolation because I do have the plague and uh, it came today and it's got number five. It's a banger. It's got number five in the back, and I got it because I've done a lot of staring at that and praying to that that this beckoned plague will pass so that I can finally get released into the wild again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, buddy. Long time since I've done any podcasting as well. Uh, as I said, I've been suffering with this for, for the last bones of a week now, but uh, it's been um, it's been a barren spell of podcasting, so we're going to get back up on the horse again. And we're looking forward to football, Paddy, because lo and behold, we're coming to you on the 7th of July, 9th of July, 1 o'clock in the Bescott, in the Poundland, Bescott Poundland. Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will see Aston Villa go out against, uh, against Walsall, and that's good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to that game, in fact. Um, I'm... Definitely looking forward to it because I'm having some withdrawal symptoms and even watching the, the women's Euros at the moment just to get me through it um, with, with a load of teams that I have absolutely no interest in watching. But it's football and football has been missed in this house for uh, for a long time now. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see them back on the training pitch and looking forward to a few games over the next few weeks. Let's talk about that, I suppose, first on the training pitch. It's... Uh... You know, I think before the end of the season, we were lamenting lack of form for certain players and certain players not getting picked for their, maybe for their international teams. And I suppose number one name or the two names that come to mind for me would be Nadi Watkins, Tyrone Mings. And I think, you know, we got to, we're probably in a, 
being a self, being selfish from an Aston Villa point of view, we're in a better better place now. The fact that they've been back, they're training with the team, they're training with the within the club straight away already for our benefit and not for England's benefit. Also, somebody like Diego Carlos coming in here, having Tyrone Mings there, and not having to wait to link up with him in Australia in two weeks' time or whenever they get whenever they get out there is is going to be a massive positive if they do want to forge that uh, that partnership together. But I suppose being selfish, Paddy. Isn't it a good thing that we didn't have that many people away in international duty? Oh, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, the reason we don't have so many people on international duty is that we've got a, a, a midwinter World Cup, which is going to be another shit show altogether, but we'll worry about that when it comes around. But it, it's great after the last couple of years to have everyone together, well, near enough everyone together, they'll all be together next week in Australia. But... Uh, to, to be back first week and have probably 80% of your squad there it is, you know, something unusual for, for us. So, uh, yeah, the the big boys who are away on long international duties it will, will hook up in Australia and I'll have no part this weekend. But uh, it, it is, from a selfish point of view, great that we didn't have anybody who was, um, let's just say, not resting up um, over the la- last few weeks. I think it was important to get that rest ahead of what's probably one of the most important pre-seasons in, in our recent future, or recent uh, past. Um, and it's it's all about building towards the future. We saw, we, we both talked about it yesterday, seeing the likes of Leon Bailey out there, who was probably himself back a few days early, probably oh, at his own request, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. So uh, fair play to him for getting back in there and and. and looking to have a proper pre-season that he missed out on last year. Um, unfortunately, we have two centre-halves who are out injured at the moment. So other than that, I think it's a clear bill of health. It'll be interesting to see when we start to see pictures next week of who's who's in Australia when, when the likes of John McGinn and those who, who played international football, Philippe Coutinho, Emmy Martinez, et al, will be, uh, will, be, will be joining up with the squad. Yeah, I have to agree with that too. And I was going to bring up Leon Bailey a moment ago. Like the fact that he's come back early. Cameron Archer, I would imagine, would have been given maybe an extended break too, considering he was uh, pretty pivotal for the England under-21s with all his scoring prowess as well, lest we forget that that yeah. is still... Like, they, they went far in, in, in... Or they had a lot of international competition too. Um, it's great to see him there, you know, chomping at the at, at the heels of the two guys ahead of him. Um, we had news today, was it today or yesterday? It was it was mentioned that Stephen Gerrard really wants to have a real good look at Ruben Shackbok as somebody who has been injured a bit for the academy. And and just for you guys in the who are interested in the academy, we've got something really interesting coming up on that soon. Could be out even over the weekend. Um, so do stay tuned for, for that. But Ruben Shackhawk, somebody who came in from Norwich, had an absolutely bonkers, bonkers scoring record underage for, for Norwich. I think it was something like 60 goals in the season he got. And he came in, didn't really get a look in, had, had a few injuries, um, Stephen Gerrard wants to take a look, wants to have a look at him, and has him. I think he's called him up for the, for the game at the weekend, and potentially will mm. be taking him down under uh, to to Australia as well. It looks like it's going to be an extended squad as well. They're going to take to Australia, Paddy, which is good. The likes of uh, Ben, whose surname I can't pronounce, since nobody has has told me how to pronounce it since or yet. Or, I'm, I'm, uh, reliably, I'm reliably informed it's Chris N. Chris N. Well, that's what we're, we're doing. We're, we're calling him Ben Chris N from now, and it just rhymes. Well, I, it's I nice. call him Chris N. A. all the way along, but I'm reliably formed it's Chris N. Um, <laughs> yes, 
very, very extended squad. The likes of Tommy O'Reilly going to get a look in there. Looking forward uh, to that quick, too, yeah. Just a quick one, a bit of a conspiracy theory, but uh, you mentioned Cameron Archer there, who interestingly enough has changed his Instagram name to Cameron Archer 9, which may suggest he's picking up that number 9 short this this season, which will be extremely interesting. But that uh, is that, huge. That's just one of Paddy's theories, but we'll we'll wait and see what happens going into the next week. We we probably won't see names on jerseys this weekend because it's not really done against the lower league teams because it creates a bit of a Ferrari, people trying to wrangle jerseys off people, so they normally play yeah, without yeah. the the names on the shorts. But we'll, when when we go to Australia, we'll probably see uh, squad numbers, and it'll be interesting to see if that's what Cameron Archer was getting at by changing his name to Cameron Archer Nine on Instagram. Um. Yeah, and and remind me to come back about names on the back of your shorts later, Paddy. And I'm relying on you to remind me because I will forget. Uh, I definitely will forget that. But, but just before we move on from this game at the weekend, because there's a, a couple more pieces I want to talk about. And you mentioned that the two centre halves are we we will be missing two centre halves. Obviously, great Cesare Conza back. He looks like he's ahead of schedule. You know, he's he running, didn't... doesn't have any strapping on his leg. Now, I know that it's very seldom you'll have strapping on your leg for uh, MCL or ACL anymore, but he looks like he's ahead. He's on the grass, and uh, that's not something I was expecting. So that's that's very, very good news. But obviously, he's not going to be playing against, against Walsall. I would be surprised if he plays uh, in Australia as well. But that brings in the name of somebody who signed a, his first professional contract and who was on the bench, and that's like once again, I'm going to continually use my 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 word for the next season is bonkers, and hopefully I don't need to use it in negative connotation too much. <laughs> but it's absolutely bonkers that Josh Feeney was talking out for a Premier League team on a scholarship contract and was on the bench for what three games last season, four games last season. You know, yeah. Josh Feeney signed his first professional contract during the week, and so did uh, Sinisalo actually signed the, signed a new contract with Villa. Looks like he's going out on loan to Burton. I would imagine he would be um, in and around potentially even maybe getting a start at the weekend uh, against Walsall. So I love this fixture. It means absolutely nothing, but you get to see the kids and you get to see them against competition that potentially they could be playing against at the start of, uh, or in the middle or the end or whatever time of next season if they were to go out alone. And Walsall have been very good, um, good friends of the club and the club have been very good friends of Walsall. Um, so there's always really good camaraderie there and, and it's it's nice that this fixture is back again and that fans are going to be able to be there and it's going to be it's going to be a good a good fixture I think and, and hopefully the young players do get a run out and it, and it is a, is a nice kind of family day for people who are attending yeah it's uh it's it's a real traditional fixture I see Del boy has said he's uh, going there on Saturday have a, have a great day out it is generally a great day out it's only a few stops along the the train line from Witten or Aston, if that's where you're coming from. So, um, I went one year a long time ago. Um, it turned into a, a good old drinking session, I can tell you, because we, we hadn't had football in a while. So, uh, anyone that's going on Saturday, ha- have a ball and have fun and, and be safe. But, uh, yeah, it's it, 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 we've got an interesting few weeks ahead. It, it will be really, really interesting to see how the team takes shape. For once, we've got really big fixtures as well. To, to go out and play two Premier League teams in pre-season is magic, absolutely magic. Um, obviously, we, we, we've got we've got the game against Walsall and, and the game against it's it's Perth, is it? The Perth or Brisbane? Brisbane Royal. Brisbane, yeah. So we can we can do a bit of uh, a bit of experimental lineups there, but you would expect to see a, a fairly, if not. 
eighty percent of what you're uh, what you're going to see on the opening day of the season against Bournemouth, against Leeds, and Man U, because the last thing they want to do is get a spanking. And don't forget, we've got Rain who finished fourth in in the in League uh, last season as well. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice little challenge to have last that's, yeah. that's that's the business end for me that's that's the the final game before and uh, the, the final game that we'll see anyway I'm sure there'll be a couple of behind the scenes games going down uh, I believe there's one in Australia as well so it will, will be interesting to see how we line up against Rena obviously at the back end of that so because that's obviously the final one before we we take to the pitch um and when you just contrast it to last year's uh a pre-season you know that we had obviously remember had that game I can't even remember who we were supposed to play and then all of a sudden it was off because of COVID and then Salernitania just happened to be in in England at the time decided that they were going to drive up and play Villa and it was a complete procession Um, and it was a complete procession but Ali Watkins went and did his knee you know so like it was just one of these things that like yeah. anything that could have happened last season happened we were badly affected with COVID we didn't have the Forest game and, and, and look God willing, everything goes well during this preseason. We don't pick up any injuries. It's a it's a good preseason. That the preseason we're able to implement everything because we're blue in the face. We were blue in the face from probably about February onwards last season of saying that it's a huge preseason for Jared to implement his his strategy to implement what what way he wants to play. Even this off season, we've lost McBeal. McBeal seems to be talking very very favorably about Aston Villa. He seems to be doing a real bang up job of of uh, publicizing how good Aston Villa's youth players are. Uh, and now that he's at QPR, and there's been some really good stuff that he's he's released there about how fond he is of, of the club. And um, we've got Neil Critchley in now, and that's re- like I'm just really looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing if we, first of all, I'm looking forward to see what formation we play at the weekend. I know it's probably going to be the same, but does that formation, uh, does it metastasize throughout the whole course of the whole uh, lot of these pre seasons? What what are, are we at the end of preseason? Do we look at and go, lads? He hasn't played two nines in any game. It's been all two tens. You know, we get a real, real yeah. um, bird's eye view, I suppose, really, of what Stephen Jared wants to play for the first time since he's been at Aston Villa, and, I, and, I, and I'm really excited about it. Paddy, you mentioned that there is no um, names in the backs of the shirts. We don't even know what shirts we're going to be wearing on Saturday. I have a feeling you will or tomorrow. Do we? Yeah. Or do <laughs> we? we? Yeah. <laughs> Um, to the best of my knowledge, there, there, we could be looking at a short launch in the morning. There hasn't been any uh, talk about it, but there's no way they're going out wearing Kappa shorts or any kind of... Uh, they did it one year, Paddy, didn't they? Wear, they wore a training shirt. They did, yeah. yeah. I just, I just can't see it, you know, unless there's been a, a major mess up at Castore's level. I would be very surprised if, if we're not looking at shorts to be purchased tomorrow or Saturday at the latest. It just doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah. Damn it. I'll still be in isolation. I mean, I'll have to buy the shirt if it's released tomorrow. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Blame it in the loose nations. But it would be nice. It'd be nice to see it. It'd be nice to see it at the weekend. Um, but okay. one way or another, it'll definitely be released before we go, before we head off to Australia. Um, are you guys watching True Villa TV yeah. for the games? What do you, what you think about 45 quid for the five preseason games? Um. Well, first off, let me take this, Neil, because it's not forty-five quid for the pre for five preseason games. It's forty-five oh. quid for the season. And last season, I think I paid thirty-five quid or thirty-seven quid, if memory serves me correct. There's four preseason games, and one of them was cancelled. 
Because I, yeah. I look back through my <laughs> transaction history and I was there, minus four quid. Why did they give me? Oh, they gave me back four quid because there was no, there was no Forest <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, it's, it's a lot more than the five preseason games. And look, we're just as likely to give out about what the club are doing as, as we are to, to, to pat them on the back. Yeah. But where, where I find this Villa TV great is that no matter what happens throughout the season, at, at 12 o'clock at night, you can re-watch in full yeah. The, the game that we played that day, you can get all the academy games, the under-23s and, and the women's games live. We get the the manager's press conference before everyone else. All these kind of things, I, I find that somebody who's, you know, a few hundred miles away from, from Villa Park to, to, to be that close and to pick up this, this stuff, I think is important. So while it is a bit saucy, it's not as saucy as the kits, and it's not as saucy as the season tickets. So, uh, I, I'm okay with the forty five quid, and I'll probably spend it tomorrow. I yeah, I I, I bought it just literally. I was just telling Paddy I bought it before we came on. Mm. Um, we we came on on air there, and uh, I it's one of the few things that I I don't complain about the price on because I get so much use out of it. Now I know other people won't, and other people mightn't, but I absolutely love it. Like I engross myself on a Friday. You get to see the. The, the press conference, yeah, it's only 10 minutes and a lot of the questions are stupid. I completely understand that. There's some dumb questions get asked. But it all gets me in, in the mood for the game at the weekend. Also, the under-18 games, um, the, the the Premier League, some whatever Premier League 2 games, and being able to watch the games back because, you know, I like to do that. I like to watch it back, and there was a time when I had more time on my hands where I'd watch it back. I'd maybe pause the screen. I'd show where we were set up incorrectly and used to do tactical analysis. I just love all that kind of stuff too. So, for me, I get my money's worked out of forty-five quid, and I get yeah. the, fir- the first uh, the, the the preseason games as well. But I can completely understand other people. Maybe you're based in the UK who maybe go to the games on a Saturday and go to follow home and away and stuff like that, and they're going, "This is saucy, like forty-five quid, and I'm only going to get to see the five games." Hundred percent agree with you guys feeling aggrieved about that uh, for sure. So I think I think there's two ways of looking at it for for, for 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 whatever side I suppose really at the pond that you're on. Uh, I think for that. Um, and I think I'm probably the only only person there. There's only very few people who get their money's out of money's worth out of Villa, Villa TV because it's very marmite. Some people love it, some people don't like it. And I think over the last two three years, it's something that that the club has really improved on because there was times where it was awful, and we do have to admit that too. The times where we were awful. Um, <coughs> excuse me for coughing, Sam Bentley. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. I thanks a million. Sam says, just wanted to say thanks to the two of you's amazing work every year. I'm sure I speak for many when I say we proper appreciate all you do. This will make the new tops a bit more affordable. Sam, thanks a million. <laughs> I really so appreciate much, that. That is that is brilliant. Thank you so much. I, re- I really appreciate that. Paddy, do you have something you want to talk about? Because I'm trying to stifle back a sneeze here. If you've got <laughs> something that you want to talk about, the floor is yours. <laughs> uh We'll have to forgive Neil. He's just coming out the back end of COVID, hopefully. So uh, he's uh, he's struggling a little bit there. Um, and I'm back in the room. He's back yeah. in the room. <laughs> back in the room again. Yeah, I was trying to stifle a sneeze there for the last thirty seconds. But um, Paddy, the what like we we touched on it slightly there about some young players. You mentioned Tommy O'Reilly. I mentioned the likes of Josh Feeney. There was a uh, somebody mentioned up here as well. Who was it? Ad mentioned Bogard. Somebody I think that would definitely be going on the plane to to yeah. uh, would be on the plane. Down He's also signed a new contract as well. Yes, yeah. Um, I did an interesting thing. This is what I wanted to bring up, Eddie. Is 
If you go into the, if you go into the Villa's Wikipedia page and you look at their under eighteen squad or their their reserve squad, whatever you want to call it, and you start clicking on names, look at the dates that they're born. Look at the months that they're born in. Look at the month they're born in. I think there's a, I can't, but think that there's a concerted strategy to buy young players born in the month of January. Look at it. I'm telling you, any of the big names. Are, are like they're all 18, 19 born in the month of January. And I like when I was looking down through it, I was clicking on these names, and I was going, Oh, he's 18 years of age. And I looked at it and I goes, Wait a minute, he's not going to be 19 until halfway through the season. He's still only a pup, like you know. Mm. So I, I think that that's that there's probably thoughts in it, a thought process in that. Now, it could be wholly coincidental as well, which I'm completely open to. Too. That is, uh, that is definitely, but I just. In, in my in my Mad King kind of moment last night, I was clicking through it and I went, "Whoa, they're all born in around the same date, uh, or in a, in the same month, should I say?" Which was which yeah. was really interesting. You look through Brad Young, Bogard, I think Sfinkles, um, Christine. I I they're I think they're all born in January and they're all in around the same age. So yeah. it's uh, it another another man having to bring bring cakes in and out every second day to the boys <laughs> with candles on them in the month of January. Another thought on that is, uh, well, I don't know how it is in the UK, but having coached underage here in Ireland, those born in January just make it onto that age group. So yeah. they're going to be that little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. So if you're looking at the under 18s and there's a load of them born in January, that's uh, that's as late as they can possibly be born when they're, when yeah. they're still under 18. So I, I don't know if that's the same in the UK or what the rules are, but that's the way it is here. Absolutely. Um what, and and I was going to come on with that, Paddy, as well. We mentioned a couple of names, Shaq Pork, Tommy O'Reilly. Um, do we mention somebody like Jaden Villagin Bades? Like, he seems to be a real forgotten man. Started off great with Stoke, tailed off, and he's somebody that I'm yeah. I'm going to talk. Like, we're still trying to get a date to talk to Doc to talk to some guys from Stoke about Jaden Villagin Bades because he's a real mystery man. Because he played a lot of games early, scored a couple of goals or scored a goal and was looked pretty promising. Then he was just not heard of. Well, he picked up an injury, um, and I don't know whether he's still injured or did he actually finish out the season. I noticed he wasn't. I, I there's a few players that I didn't see at training that I expected to be there. Um, somebody mentioned Keenan Davis back there as well, somewhere along the way. Um, there you go. Not seeing yes. Davis in the training pictures. Another person I haven't seen is Amwar Al Ghazi. So there's a few players like that. Oh, that is there. I, I've seen someone someone DM me a picture of him going, is he still hanging around the place? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still there. Yeah. It's not like him to be hiding in the background, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> not indeed. But he like obviously Trezeguet, we 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 forgot him as well. Trezeguet's gone on to pastures new on to Trabzonspor. Yeah. Um, Trabzonspor, does anybody else just remember that? I, did we, we played Trabzonspor, I think it was in ninety-four or maybe ninety-five. In the Europa, in the what was the old UEFA Cup, and yeah. I don't know if they beat us or did they draw with us one all, but I just have this memory where whenever I hear Trabs Zanspor, I automatically think of Aston Villa as well, and it brings me back to that time of waiting up and watching it. And I think it was on BBC where we're, we're playing that like used to used to carry those games at the time. I remember going into into school the next day embarrassed. Like who the hell are Trabs Zanspor? Like where the mighty Aston Villa? <laughs> and uh, yeah, just mad the way these things. Uh, Stick in your head. Oh, just before Ad, uh, Alfie's Reef, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. As Cheers, Alfie. Just re really <laughs> appreciate that. Here's a couple of sleeves. Yeah, we get a couple of sleeves of a shirt for that for sure. Um, 
But uh, anyone else, Paddy, that we can think of that, that we haven't seen or that hasn't been in around the training, the training photographs? Uh, I can't really think of too many. I haven't seen no. Kester Hayden, but I know he's there because Gerard has spoken about him. Yeah, and I think he was. I think I read something today about him definitely going to Australia. So he's obviously not going out on on loan yet. It, it would be nice to, to get a full preseason in with us and see what he's capable of. Oh, yeah. The likes of Kessler Hayden, Chris N, Tommy O'Reilly, Cameron Archer, all of these players are going to be looked at very um very closely. We haven't mentioned Carney, Aaron Ramsey, or Young Tim either. They were obviously on international duty and will probably have another bit of time off. Um and then Zongo Bongo mentions the elephant in the room. Oh, you put it on, I took ah. it off. <laughs> yeah, I I'll leave you to it. <laughs> Is Wesley coming back? Apparently so, because whatever arrangement was there has fallen through because it just hasn't worked out. And uh, I'm sure he'll come back to go out again because I don't think any of us think that he's capable of stepping up to the plate, but players have proved us wrong in the past, so we'll just have to wait and see. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I never said he wasn't incapable of stepping up to the plate. Well, I did. <laughs> in fact, I was one of his biggest supporters when before he got Ben Mead in the knee. He got Ben Mead in the knee um, because I thought he was thinking, thought things were coming good. Although the two of us did tear him to shreds after he got sent off for fighting in preseason last year. So uh, there was that too. There was that. But look, once again, get him in, see what happens. Um, like my biggest, my biggest. <sighs> I'm going to go on a small bit of a rant here. And some of you would have seen it on Twitter. And I didn't even envisage this. This wasn't on the rundown sheet at all. But, like, we're going to get less than nothing for, for Wesley. Like, we might get a couple of million here and there. Like, probably Turkey again will come to our, will come and save our bacon there. Like they did with Trezeguet. Looks like Morgan Sanson's going to, going to go out to Galatasaray. We're not going to get mega bucks for him either. Looks like he's probably going to be like four or five million. If not, only just alone. And what I'm trying to get at here is that we've got some... Some pretty established players. Wesley is a Wesley is a Brazil cap, you know. But for injury, Wesley would have would you know would have gone on to have a lot more caps for 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 Brazil. They were very very excited about him, seeing him play in the Premier League and his bustling style. Uh, Morgan Sanson has like European uh, European experience. Trezeguet, oh, how many caps for for Egypt? Anwar Ghazi caps for for um, the Dutch national team, and how many caps is or how many games has he played in the Premier League as well? And we're going to get pittance for them, you know. We might, we we could be looking at getting less than like fifteen million for the four of those guys together, like combined. 
And then you see Man City going away and selling Romeo Lavia for 14 million, Gavin Bazuno for 12 million, um, Darko Grady for um for 12 million or for 5 million, you know. And you're looking at all these and you're kind of going, like, teams are spending 14 million on somebody who's never made a senior appearance for any club, any club, not just Man City, any club. Never made a senior league appearance. And then we're flogging guys who've made 120 league appearances for Aston Villa for half nothing to leagues and to teams. I know, I know, and I look, I know the economic factor of it and everything and the potential factor. I completely understand that, but it just sits, it sits sideways inside my stomach when I see it. And specifically when it's a team like Man City. And then you also look at the fact that Villa are going to get pennies in the dollar back if they, if they, if Carney does not sign and goes and signs somewhere else. And arguably, like you've got Man City who've got these, these young players who, yes, are well touted and people expect them to be really good. And they've got buyback clauses in there for 30, 40 million after getting 15, 14 million or whatever the case is for them previously. Yet we we lose arguably, or maybe not arguably because of what we've just seen there in the UEFA Under-19 Championships, the best Under-19 footballer in all of Europe at this moment in time. Arguably, you could call him that at his age group. We're going to lose him for pennies in the dollar and have no buyback clause. It just seems so loaded against us at the moment. You know, when you see the way City are performing, Man City are looking to sell Nathan Ake back to, to Chelsea at a profit from what they bought him on. They're looking to sell uh, sell Sterling to Chelsea. You know, it's just, it's, I don't even know where I'm going with this from now on, but essentially what I'm saying is fuck Man City and let's get our asses in order, sign Kearney and then win the league. That's end of rant. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, <coughs> Paddy, the what else is I going to say to you? Oh yeah, did you listen to Stephen Gerrard's interview? I, I did. did. I did. Yeah. Um, every, everything that you would expect. Uh, really, the one thing that stood out for me, and John has said it in his comment here, um, is that Gerrard said he's still looking to strengthen in central mid. So that was the interesting take I took from it. All the rest was was fairly standard stuff you know he went through not really getting a day off the phone was ringing all the time using content constant even uh contact with uh johan lang and christian porslow so uh spoke spoke very well about mick beal spoke well about getting neil critchley in um you know there's a, there's a, there's a lot going on trying to pigeonhole that into 10 minutes was tough i'm sure um, but uh, yeah, the the one thing that stood out is is that midfield position, and one person we forgot about is Finazaz. So Finazaz apparently is on his way to Australia too. I didn't realize that Finazaz was six foot two or three. But did he, you realize he was Irish qualified, Paddy? I did. I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll take everybody, everybody and anyone. I think he's Israeli and Irish qualified. Mm. There you go, though. Yeah. So uh, the the guys in the the guys in the FAI want to get their finger out and get onto that one because uh, that the, judging by how he play, he played last year, um, and judging by the the standard of people that we cap, there's no reason why somebody who tears it up at Newport County shouldn't be at least involved in the squad. Absolutely, but he's somebody. You know, he's he's at the older age of players that we've signed for our academy. 
You know, when we signed him, he was 20 and we, he never even yeah. came to be. From, from what I remember, Mark Harrison just basically said, yeah, you're going to go out and loan again. And obviously they would have had previous from, from West Brom, so they wouldn't have known each other. And uh, if you guys haven't seen it already, we did a loan watch with Newport County. Um, really great guy. I think his name was Rich from Newport County. Gosh, I should remember his name. Um, you'll be able to find it in our YouTube channel. Such a sound chap he was. And uh, he gave a glowing reference of Finazaz and, uh, you know, how he performed at that level. So uh, it be interesting to see what he does. Uh, probably think it's probably another loan for him again this season, even though he is on the older side. But if you got a loan to a championship club and see what he can do, um, that would be something I think that we would all be up for uh, with regards to that one too. Um, Paddy, when we talked about, when Stephen Gerrard talked about the, this, the midfield position and the strengthening of the midfield position, did you kind of get the feeling that maybe he was kind of alluding to the fact that Douglas Lewis might leave? Or do you think that it was whether he leaves or whether he stays or whether he goes, we still want to be looking at getting another eight in here? I think that we're still looking at getting another player in. Um, mm. He spoke He spoke at length about Bubakar Kamara and there wasn't one mention of him ever playing at centre-half. It was it was all talk about him playing six or eight. Um, I, I honestly don't think Douglas Lewis will go. Um, I think he's a big. I think Gerard is a big fan of his. I think obviously, bearing in mind everything that's at play, if we if we got a an offer that was maybe off the scales, then he might go. But for now, I I, I think he'll he'll stick around. Um, and especially, um, you know, we spoke many times about this going to five subs. That that's going to take a huge squad game, and we're going to need to have these players on the bench. So if he, if he goes out and buys two two eights. I can see that uh, Douglas Louise might move on, but uh, he spoke about bringing in another midfielder. I think that will be it as regards our midfield. I, I think I'm, I'm with you, and I've said this pretty much since the start of the, the off season. Is at this moment in time, Douglas Louise is coming off the bench for Aston Villa, mm. as is Morgan Sanson, as is Kearney, and they're the three midfielders that we're potentially going to lose. Yeah. So my my thoughts on this is money talks specifically with Douglas Louise. I've just went down my delirious rant about not getting what I feel is market value for some of the players that we're, we're letting go. Yes, you might, like Paddy, I know if I was to ask you how much do you think Anwar Al-Ghazi is worth, you'd say minus a million. I know, and, and there's there's like, there's a lot of people who, but these players are worth money to somebody and they're yeah. not bad players. Like they're, they're just, they're not fitting our club at the moment and they're not bad players. Al-Ghazi aside, I think we probably should have sold Al-Ghazi. We should have taken what we could have got for him instead of loaning him to Everton because that bad loan deal has really plummeted his his value. I think we could have got 8 to 10 million for Al-Ghazi in, in January. I genuinely do. I think mm-hmm. I think PSV, I think, uh, well, maybe not PSV, Ajax or somebody like that who's looking to rebuild after Sebastian Heller was uh, was sold um, recently to Dortmund to replace uh, Erling Haaland. Like there's money out there for players like that who still have high stock and high value in in maybe yeah. not five of Europe's leagues, maybe the six, seven, eight, eight, eight and, and there's still money there on that. But um, what was I getting at? Yes, the Douglas Louise piece. So let's just say AC Milan, newly nouveau rich with the with the new owners looking to make their mark after winning Serie A, going to be playing Champions League football. If they came in with a bid for thirty million plus for Douglas Louise, and we've been saying this since the end of the season, I think the club almost have to accept it. I think they almost have to, based on trying to recoup money back into the coffers again. And I know we're still, we're not exactly in positive territory. Well, we're not in positive territory at all, actually. We're not, we're massively in negative territory. But we do need to start recouping money. But if we got that 30 million, you 
you should be able to invest that in a player who can do what Douglas Louise can do. Like Conrad Limer is being is being touted to go to places not much, you know, not much higher than Aston Villa at this point. Bayern Munich, yes, are, are looking at him, but it doesn't look like they're going to sign him because Sabitzer doesn't want to leave Bayern Munich, so they don't have a space open for him. But Conrad Limer is apparently available for somewhere between 17 to 20 million. To me, that's pie in the sky. You should be worth, worth a lot more. But if you can pick up somebody like that, and I've got a piece coming out in him, a scouting series coming out in him, and it'll probably be out on Saturday. If you can pick up somebody like that for 20 million and sell Douglas Louise for 30 million, that's called good business. That's called good business, I think. But um, so I think money talks with somebody like Douglas Louise. If the money, if the right money comes in, I think he goes. But he will need to be replaced. So that might mean two new faces coming through the door. And I just don't know does the club have that time to be able to invest that time in trying to get those players to Australia, integrate them into the team, and have them ready for Bournemouth. It'll need to be ready-made players that are coming in at this stage. Um, <coughs> Also, bear in mind that we, we've more than 25 first-team players, so there's going to be players there that are not are not picking up a squad number. So let's just see. I, I know we can use more than 25 with the, with the underage players, but still, the, the, we've more than 25 players that are out of that homegrown zone, we'll call it. Do we? We do. I was reliably yeah. informed by somebody who's good at these things that we've 27. Okay. Take your word for it. Yeah, because yeah, so. he, but he actually said it was twenty eight, but that was before Trezeguet went, and uh, we also offloaded Kalinich, Kal- which is uh, we forgot yeah. to mention. So uh, yeah, it'll take it take a bit of time, but we'll um, the signs are positive. I'd love to see another another eight or eight stroke six come in there, and um, we've got we've got plenty of players. It's just now about driving them on or adding a little bit of quality to it, which I wouldn't think we're... We, we may be finished at the back. Um, you know, we mentioned the two centre-halves being injured. If we got two midfield injuries, you know, we, we'd worry a little bit. If we got two striker injuries, we'd worry a little bit. So all of these things need to be taken into consideration when, when you're looking at uh, where we're going to be come the, the... Whatever it is, the 6th of August... Uh, or, or more importantly, when the tra- transfer window closes in September, so mm-hmm. um, there's a lot to be considered. I do think we we'll, we'll get a couple of left field ones go out that we weren't expecting, but uh, there's no way he's going to let anyone go unless he has somebody ready to go to uh, to fill their boots. Absolutely, and and I'm going to call it now. And we called it actually a couple of weeks ago as well when I was doing the loan watch. Let's not panic if we aren't loaning players out. If like they're like say Tim isn't going out, and if we start the season, and even if we get to the get to the first, um, uh, the first EFL Cup game, that's it's usually after the first game that these players get loaned out, and that actually was the information that came from the lower league clubs when I was talking to them. They said, "Oh yeah, we don't we usually expect to go on signing sprees for loan signings after the first cup game, because." We get to see players, uh, teams get to see those players play and then they go and they put, put loan, loan bids in for them then at that stage. So if players aren't loaned out, it, it, it's, it's also because clubs want to keep them, to, to get them to go through pre-season with them and then it gives them the opportunity to see them as well before they loan them out. So um, I wouldn't expect any loans to be done this side of September, I would say, or this side of August for sure. Yeah. Um. So so there, there doesn't need to be any panic in that one either. I think we, I think we know the week after next who we play in that that first Carabao Cup game, which takes place on the 9th or tenth of August, if memory serves me correct. 
Um, so it's just in between the first two um, Premier League games that we'll find it. Yeah, I think so too. Excellent. Um, guys, if you like this, give us a thumbs up. I'd love if you could do that. There's about 106, 107 people watching at the moment. If you give us a thumbs up, really appreciate it. Um, I'm sick. Make me feel better by giving us a thumbs up there on YouTube. It'll be really good. Uh, on yes, on Bradley's sick as well. Get better soon. And I think there was somebody else who's who's got the plague as well, like me. Um, hope you all get better soon. But a left back understudy, Paddy. Do you know what? A name came up in 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 conjunction with another team today, and I went, "Oh Jesus, Villa should be in for him," because the money number one looked pretty decent, and he's just a good player. Omar Richards was linked with Nottingham Forest today. Now, in Forest, they're also linked with signing Nico Williams for 17 million, but they were they were linked with Omar Richards for 10 million. Mm. Richards obviously went was uh, went to the free transfer from um from Reading to Bayern Munich in the 2020-21 season, I think it was. And he's played, I think I think he played bones of 20 games from last season. Like player, there are players out there for that left back position and that aren't Ashley Young. And I think that Villa should be heavily in there. And Fabrizio Romano agrees with me as well because he said that there could be movement on, on a left back later on. Oh well, over the next couple of weeks before we go to go to Australia. Yeah. Um, I, think I think he may have something in mind. I, I think he. I think he'll uh, reserve judgment until he sees how uh, Brent Kassin, Ben Kassin has actually uh, progressed over the last year or so. Um, apparently, he's filled out an awful lot and looks very manly compared to the, the little scrawny kids that played against Liverpool yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because he he will probably start at the weekend without Luca Dean there. So um, it'll be good to get a look at him. Um, I think he likes having Brent Benkerson around because he can fill in the midfield as well. So there's there's a lot overlapping there, but um, I don't think another left back is top of his agenda. Having re-signed Ashley Young, I do. But then again, I think re-signing Ashley Young is literally there. He's there to be a figurehead and a mentor. You just don't like Ashley Young, and that's fair enough. I ju- I just don't like Ashley Young at left back, and I don't, and I think yeah. that we've got way better options at number ten. Mm. You know, yeah, like no, th- like we can all sit here and we can all say about Ashley Young this, Ashley Young that, but there was no one happy he came on in centre midfield against West Ham, you know, um, and there was no one happy with him when he was heading the ball into the back of his own net against Wolves, you know. So like yeah. he's thirty seven years of age. It is, it is what it is. I, I'm 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 looking at squad squad development here and squad building. So he's been resigned. Um, he's going to get games. I'm going to support him absolutely no bother, but. You know, what are we going to do next year? We just need another left back in and there needs to be somebody competing with Dina and, it, you know, somebody that doesn't completely and utterly stifle our attacking ability like mm-hmm. Ashley Young did last season. That's that's just my view on it. Um, does Mings remain captain? I think I think until we sign somebody else or until we sign somebody of the, uh, that has a proven captain ability, I think, yeah. Like Diego, yeah. I heard somebody say today, Diego Carlos should be captain. Diego Carlos can't speak English at the moment. So that's <laughs> out for me. That's out for me. And I, yeah. I think Mings remains captain. I think there's no. There's I, I, no I think the key thing is uh, if he starts, and I think he's going to start. So I think once he starts, he'll remain as captain. If he doesn't start, we'll probably see Emmy Martinez or John McGinn pick up the captain's armband. That that's the long and the short of it. I I still have. I mentioned earlier about this one out of left field of a player getting sold. I still have this in the back of my mind. That that player is going to be. To, to, I'll give you both of them. The two players I think that could get sold, and and will give us a shock, is Tyrone Mings and Ollie Watkins. So, 
if if that was to happen, obviously we need to pick a new one. But we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And I've no logical explanation for why I feel that. I just think that they're the two guys that have been regular starters that could be shipped out. Turns out both of us were sick in this podcast and Paddy kept it quiet. Um, <laughs> your comments like that, you're after leaving yourself down. No, um, I can't, no way in the world Lally Watkins is sold. Not a hope in hell. I just, I, I think that if they're going to bring in a striker, they need to bring in a striker. Um, they needed to bring a striker with one of their first moves. Mm. Um, because I don't think there's going to be a bidding war for Ali Watkins. Much and all as we think there would be, I just don't think, I think there would be, there would be a team willing to go to 30, 40 million for him. I, but I don't think there's a bidding war out there. And I think that's, yeah. they're the guys that you want to wait. I think there could be a bidding war out there for Mings. I think there could be, but I think Watkins not a hope. Not a hope. I'm, yes. I'm, with, I'm with Kahuna Gaming on this. We can throw the entire <laughs> checkbook at Sinchenko City and his agents. Two, uh, two proper boards with one stone as well. Uh, everybody said he's not coming to play second fiddle to uh, to uh, Luca Dean. No, he's not. He's coming to play in our midfield. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to play midfield. Yeah, yeah. the stuff he and does then, in Ukraine in midfield is outrageous. Yeah, so we we could be look we could be looking at a, a central midfielder that can fill in at left back by the earlier comment that we had. So uh, if I had to pick one, um, a ready made player, that that's where I'd be going. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, Paddy, I think that's going to do it. We're forty two minutes. Yeah. And, and we, uh, we could be back to tomorrow looking looking at a new short, so we'll, yeah. we'll reserve another 20 minutes for tomorrow. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and we'll probably be back again on Saturday. I, I'm going to do a team sheet tantrum. Lads, I'm actually literally, I'm locked in this room in isolation for until Monday, <laughs> so I've nothing else to do other than now that I'm feeling a bit better than to come on podcasts. So I'll do a team sheet tantrum for, for Walsh, I like. There's no problem there if people are interested in it. Um. Uh, yeah, listen, guys, thanks so much. There's what there's 120 people watching there. If you could give this a thumbs up, I'd really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate everything you guys do. It's been what over a week since we've since we've 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 been on the podcast. That break was was needed, but it's going to be full steam ahead now in towards the, the 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 season as we start to get going. Um, but thanks a million everybody for watching today. Thanks a million, Paddy, for popping on. Um, as I say, if you give this a like before you leave, and if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, please do subscribe. We would love you to do so. But we'll be back tomorrow. I'll probably be back tomorrow and do something if the if the, the kits don't drop. Um, we'll be back again on Saturday. And actually, we'll probably be back in on Sunday because I've got something lined up for Sunday um, to do with the Academy. So we could have a busy couple of days uh, on podcasts over the next few days. So thanks a million, everybody, for dropping in tonight. Stay safe. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.